You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. The home market is booming and RCB Bank is here for you. If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today to talk some design. I have Don Beck with me uh, of Beck Design. Um, congrats on 40 years. That's, a, Thank that's you. a huge, huge achievement. Well, we're pretty thrilled about it. I never really thought I'd even live to be 40 years old, let alone have a firm 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. Uh, and, and thanks to Natalie for putting us together. I know she's done a one-year anniversary, right, with, with you guys and yes. seems to be having a great time. She's still there, which is good. Uh, but, you know, design stuff, right? Me coming, I mean, I, I was always kind of a, a lover of design. I had a design technology class when I was in high school. And outside of sports, that was like my only kind of fun class i wasn't really enjoy didn't really enjoy school but we used to go make things and play on cad early cad and we had a laser cutter which we thought was amazing until one day i programmed it wrong and the laser cut through the wire and i was not the teacher's best friend for a while uh, but thankfully there's insurance for that kind of stuff but you still have all your fingers i you still have all my fingers didn't laser yeah. those off didn't laser those off <laughs> thankfully uh, but yeah i mean design is such a wide variety of, of concepts right you can put so many things in there and and you know, looking at, at, at the, the website, which I'll link in the description for people, you know, the projects that you, you guys have done and the impact that you've had in Oklahoma City and, and obviously most recently the awards that you've kind of had for that, you know, people are recognizing all the work that you've done. Um, there's a lot to get through today. Uh, we might miss a few things, but uh, let's start with, I guess, where did you grow up? Uh, Northern Illinois. I actually, uh, my family is a farm family from Northeast Iowa. Mm-hmm. So really lived up in a um, farm and small town in Iowa. Then my family moved to Illinois, mm-hmm. a place called the Quad Cities, Moline Rock Island, right on the Mississippi River. So that's really yeah. where I grew up in in uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah. So grew up, I mean, farming and that's not easy, is it? Well, we moved off the farm when I was really young and then moved into the city. Okay. And so um, it's kind of farm related in a way. I worked for John Deere, harvester, caterpillar tractor, and a lot of construction. Yeah. As a kid, I mean, you always play with dump trucks and tractors and that must have been fun to be around machines like that. Always played on construction sites, those kind of things, yeah. yes. So where does the passion, I guess, for design come in? Do you go into high school and think, I'm naturally good at this? Like, where, where does that kind of avenue come, come about? 
Well, the way it came about in where I went to high school in Moline, Illinois, we had what was called D-Wing, which was all Mm -hmm. vocational auto mechanics. So I took all those classes because they were easy. You know, we were rebuilding cars. I was in wood shop, metal shop. Yeah. And then there was this class called architectural drafting. So I thought, well, it looks like it could be an easy A. So I thought I took that class, and it was tough. I got an A, but I worked really hard at it, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyway, I... I, I was always kind of the biggest goof off. I had print shop, and so I would print hall passes for all my buddies. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go get them out of class the period before lunch. Yeah. And we grew up on the Mississippi River, so on the Iowa side, drinking age was 18. Illinois side, it was 21. Yeah. So I got everybody hall passes. We'd get out. In print shop, I changed everybody's driver's license because back then they were paper. Right. So I created kind of fake IDs. I just switched the dates around. Yeah, so yeah. we'd go over the bridge to Iowa to Shakey's Pizza, five bucks, all the beer and pizza you could drink. So we'd go over there, do that, come back to class. Yeah. Well, a few guys got caught. <laughs> and my counselor kind of knew about it. So yeah. when I told him I was taking this architectural drafting class for an easy A, which wasn't an easy A, I told him later, I said, you know, I did pretty good in that class. I think I'll be an architect. Yeah. And he just laughed at me. He says, oh, you're lucky to make it out of high school. First of all, no college would ever accept you. And if you could get in, an architectural program is tough. It's difficult. You would right. never make it. Don, you'd be an outstanding ditch digger. And that's it. So I left my... Th- Really kind of pissed well, me yeah, off. Well, yeah, of course. And I yeah. thought, Someone you know how you are when you're 18? Of course, No one yeah. can tell me what to do. Right, and prove you wrong. Yeah, so I thought, well, this guy's full of crap. So I thought, I'll do what I want to do. You know, at 18, no one can tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So I got out of high school. I got to thinking, you know, he could be right, but I wouldn't admit it. So I thought, well, only one way to find out. So I tried to go to work for an architectural firm, mm-hmm. see if I could make it. And well, they weren't hiring. So I had to work on that, and I said, well, look, I'll make you a deal. You let me work here for one week, mm-hmm. and you don't have to pay me. And at the end of the week, if you, have, if you think I have anything at all to contribute, you got to hire me. Yeah. And then you pay me whatever you think I'm worth. I don't care what it is. So, but you, but, but, uh, you know, I'll work here a week free. Yeah. And at the end of it, if you don't like, I'll leave. We shake hands. Right. You don't owe me anything. So I ended up working there for about a year and a half. Yeah. And uh, that helped a lot. And um, so when I went to architecture school, I was way ahead of a lot mm-hmm. of people because I had really designed a couple buildings and yeah. produced drawings. And so it sure beats um, being on a dairy farm in northeast Iowa milking cows at 5 in the morning. Right, or digging ditches, no <laughs> doubt. Or yeah. digging ditches. That, uh, yes. I bet you've got so many great memories, though, from eating that pizza and having a couple of beers at lunch with your mates. There were, um, we'd come back across the river, the Mississippi yeah. River, and my buddies we had back then on cars were called um, curb fielders. Mm-hmm. And these little spike things, so if you got too close to yeah, the curb, yeah, you yeah. So we'd come back and... The bridges were narrow, and we were rubbing on the side. I mean, we were, you know, just inches going across the bridges, and yeah, there were pretty uh, some interesting. That's awesome. Experiences. I, I mean, we've all got kind of yep. stories, right? Growing oh, yeah. up, and you're doing things, and you look back and think, "What were we thinking?" But it's part of growing up, isn't it? You got to make, you know, do those things and make mistakes and, and learn yep. from that. But tell me about um, go go back to like just telling them to give you a chance for a week. People don't do that really. Every, ever anymore you know if someone comes into your architecture firm and says just give me a week you don't have to pay me like you think Man, you you must be actually really good right if, no one really does that or says that anymore but it's a great lesson for people listening I mean what do you just think I'm going to give it a go and, and I'm going to prove you wrong and well I was convinced somehow mm-hmm. 
that I could convince them to hire me. And uh, I didn't know what I would need to do, but I stayed late, you know, at yeah. 5, 6 o'clock. Everybody went home, but I would stay there till 9, 10 o'clock at night doing a lot of extra work. So it would look like, uh-huh. wow, in an eight-hour period, look how much work this guy did. So they never really knew how late I was staying. They left yeah. the key so I could lock up when I'd leave. But um, I thought, well, you know, my counselor might be right. Maybe I'm no good at this. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot. One of the guys was a licensed structural engineer as well as a licensed architect. Yeah. So I learned a lot from those guys. I really did. Yeah. It was a great experience. And you said that gave you a leg up then when you went to archi- architectural school because you've kind of already done like a yep. semi-internship, I guess, you know, learned a lot of the stuff that you were probably being taught. I was. I mean, I learned about structures and, you know, bending moments and designing beams, welded connections. Learned a lot of that before in school. And unfortunately, a lot of um, people who graduate from architecture school, there's a high percentage of graduates who have never worked for an architectural firm until they get out of Mm -hmm. college. That's not really desirable. So. I had all this experience before I even went, so mm-hmm. it, it gave me a, a huge advantage. Yeah. What did, what did your counselor think when you when you said, "Hey, I, I got into architectural school"? Well, I, I never really talked to him again. Yeah. But when I graduated, I made a copy of my degree and mailed it to him. Perfect. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. And then when I um, got licensed as a licensed architect, I did the same thing. I made a copy of my license and I mailed yeah. it to him. There's sometimes the, that's the best motivation you can have, and yep. someone telling, someone doubting you, saying, "No, you yeah. can't do this," and then now you. Have a career in architecture and a firm that's been around for forty years, which is awesome. Uh, where do you go to architecture school? I went to OU, University of Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Why OU when you're uh, when you're you know you're in Iowa? Well, Illinois. Sorry. I started to look. I realized I was going to have to go out of state. I, mm-hmm. I in a design competition, I I won um, this particular competition, which had a scholarship to go to University of Illinois, mm-hmm. but I'd been going to a junior college, so I was going to have to transfer in, and they said, well, all the architecture classes or sections are full, so you're going to have to wait three semesters, and I I didn't want to wait, so I started looking out of state, and I was looking north and northeast, and I met this guy, you've probably heard this kind of a story many times, I met this guy in a bar, Yeah. and after a lot of heavy drinking, he was going to OU, and he's one of the premier design students out of OU, and mm-hmm. probably in the last 30 40 years. So he convinced me to go to OU. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Goff um, was a former dean at OU, pretty famous international architect. And he came back my last semester and picked uh, three students, and I got to study underneath him. So for me, it was nice. really a great experience to come to OU. And being from Illinois, we didn't have good football, but when we came to OU, there was a great football program. Yeah. But when I left Illinois, it was like 76 degrees. I drive the Norman to get in my car, and it was like 105. I'd never been in temperatures over 100. Yeah. And I got out, and I thought, hmm, yeah. maybe I just need to get back in my car and go back north. So I'm still adjusting to the right. heat. Same, yeah. yeah. That hangover is a lot worse at 100 degrees, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, of course, the best way to get rid of it is the same way you got it. Exactly. And that works. Exactly. <laughs> Don't take that advice, people listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so you get to Norman. Um, football's great. You're having a great college experience, and you have a new friend that you met at the bar who's going to OU, right? Yes. Um, what's school like? What you know? What? It was tough. Um, a lot harder than anything I'd ever done. Uh, the deeper you got in, the more difficult it became. But mm-hmm. we probably would average at least two, sometimes three all-nighters per week. Yeah. And back then, that's what it took. I mean, we would spend 
70, 80, 90 hours a week just on yeah. architectural projects. So you'd skip going to other classes like psych or business or right. business law, whatever else you had. We would skip those classes and only focus on architecture. Yeah. And at that time, like obviously the, 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 there's no real CAD stuff or modeling or anything you're doing like, like it is today, right? So you're building hand models right out of wood. Also and, wood. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all models hand building. We might spend two or 300 hours on a model. Yeah. All the drawings were pen and ink, original drawings on illustration board. And you know, if you made a mistake, you know, you were kind of SOL right. because yeah. you just can't erase ink. Yeah. Um, we were at the studio one night, kind of pulled in all night. There was a couple of nights for a major deadline. And, um, you know, you were doing anything to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Drinking coffee, that truck driver coffee that you got to slice. You yeah, know, yeah. Night, all that nasty. <laughs> and um, I had four or five beautiful pen and ink renderings. And I spilled a coffee, cup, black cup of coffee on one of them and it ran down, we wiped it quick and it left this big coffee stain. So we thought, well, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? So I just ended up getting you know, a bunch of paper towels and dipped in coffee yeah. and did a wash yeah. over all the drawings. So, so it looked the same. <laughs> yeah, it kinda had the sepia look and um, Professor loved it, loved the graphics and then right. a lot of people started doing these kind of coffee washes, so. Brilliant. Yeah, I was able to make it work. Yeah, and and I mean, you, you graduated, right? You, you got through it? Got uh, through it. What does mom and dad think when you when you said, I'm going to OU and then you know you, you, you graduate as well? Oh, they were surprised. They, um, <clears throat> they, I don't know, there were seven kids in my family, so they were, I think they were happy. We, we got rid of one, we got six left to go. <laughs> yeah. So, but they were, um, Pretty surprised, you know, real proud, I guess, mm -hmm. that uh, one of their kids had yeah. gone off and graduated actually from a legitimate college. Right. So, so you mentioned you <clears throat> after you graduate, then do you go with the the architect golf and go work under him? Was that why no. you graduated, or was that? Yeah, uh, that was while during. I was in school. Okay, cool. I studied under him at yeah. OU the, my last semester there. Yeah. And then we had won a major design competition, so we had uh, offers to go to. Um, Houston, Chicago, and New York, and mm -hmm. I ended up staying in Oklahoma, and um, the weather here is brutal, but the people here are wonderful, yeah. and I think that's one of the best things about Oklahoma are the people, mm -hmm. and I found the people here, they just have a good soul, right? caring, warm people, they're not fake. Um, I've had so many good people who have helped me. I mean, I've been really, really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, it meant a lot of great clients that we got to work with, and... Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, Oklahoma really, I've lived here longer than any other place. Yeah. And, uh, so for me, I tell people I'm not from Oklahoma, but I wish I was. Right. No, I mean, yeah. we, you, everything you're saying I re you know, can resonate with because I'm totally the same way. I mean, when I graduated, it was like, you know, well, when I was in school, like my first two years, I'm like, can't wait to get home, can't wait to do something else. And then like my junior, senior, I'm like, oh, I might stay. And then you're like, senior, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. So where'd you go to school? Southern Nazarene. Oh, you told me yeah, that. I'm sorry. So, I should know so that. Up, yeah, uh, on the golf. Guess, yeah, yeah. So they have, like, I think they, all the cool buildings came after I graduated, which seems to be a normal thing. Um, but, yeah, small little school. Um, has a bit of a wide reach, I guess. It was kind of find someone that's from there. Yeah. Um, so, so when you graduated then, did you even think about going back home? Or, I mean, when you got offers from fancy firms in, in the big cities and stuff like that, are you thinking, oh, or, or do you, you know, do you think, oh, I'm going to stay here? I stayed here, but I was never going back to Illinois. Mm -hmm. I mean, where I grew up in the Quad Cities is mainly farm implement. So there's not a lot of great architectures, you know, happening there. There's yeah. not a lot of great opportunity. And here, I was 
really in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. In uh, 1980, 81, I designed Bricktown, did the master plan with Neil Horton. Yeah. With uh, He was the developer. At the time, I was 26 or 27 years old. I had no clue on how lucky I was to be in that position to design that project with Right. Them. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, obviously everyone who's, who's been to Oklahoma City knows Bricktown, right, and that whole project. And there's many other places that, that you guys have, have kind of, you know, a touch on in Oklahoma City. But what, back to that time then when you graduate, what's what's Oklahoma City like in the 80s or Oklahoma in general? Oh, From down, like an architectural standpoint. It, it was really depressing. Yeah. Um, a lot of the older classy buildings were being tore down. At that time, urban renewal was... Removing buildings, you know, mm-hmm. that's not their attitude now. Right. But, you know, five thirty, six o'clock at night, uh, downtown Oklahoma City was a ghost town. People mm-hmm. would just leave. And we used to kind of joke, we'd call it the Oklahoma City, you know, knife and gun club because you, <laughs> did, you didn't want to be down there after right. hours. Yeah. And it was just dead. I mean, there, no one stayed there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, and it, it just, the whole downtown just needed to be sort yeah. of reactivated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's taken a lot of years for that to happen, but... Downtown Oklahoma City is a great place to be. Right, and and now like I mean, I, I have a friend who who works in Canada. He's an architect in Canada from the UK. Uh, we went to high school together, and you know he came here and he's just like looking around. Like, didn't expect us to have yeah. some really cool buildings, and his architectural brain's like, well, that's that's different. You know, I take him down to like the Boathouse District yeah. or whatever, and you see other things, and he's like, I didn't expect that to be here. I'm like, well. Come back in five years, I'm sure it'll be a little different too, which is nice to see. But you're right, the city's yeah. kind of going in the right direction. And, and, you know, just kind of looking at the things that you guys have been a part of, um, obviously the Bricktown development, you know, the um, Wanda Bass School of Music at OCU, the Skirvin renovation. Tell me about the, like the old, the rent, the kind of historic re- preservation buildings and stuff like the Colcourt, Col- am I saying that right? Colcourt Hotel yes, you've Col- done. Court. Like, that's a lot different to like, steel glass modern right when you go to talking about historic preservation yeah. and then and, and a total different way of doing architecture work well on the call cord a lot of the terracotta detailing that you mm-hmm. see around there was designed by louis sullivan and frankly wright studied mm-hmm. under louis sullivan so it's really pretty unique to have yeah. a, a significant structure like that in downtown oklahoma city and when Concord was built, originally it was built, it was supposed to be a hotel. Yeah. Didn't work out, it was an office building, so finally we got to put it back, back as a hotel. Yeah. But, you know, in some of those historic structures, sometimes the best thing you can do is just kind of leave it alone and mm-hmm. work what's there, not over-design it, not right. under-design it. Um, just kind of work with the historic fabric mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's already built into yeah. the project. That must be super cool as well, to kind of go and... and, and like you said, you kind of just bringing out what's already been designed, right, and kind of preserving yeah. it rather than, I mean, it's always nice and creative to do other stuff, but part of, like, restoring history is kind of neat, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of deals were made there, a lot of oil deals. Yeah. Um, when we first took on the call cord, the lobby, back in the day, you mm-hmm. could smoke, and a lot of guys would be in there smoking cigars, so we cleaned off, I don't know, must have, I mean, a thick layer yeah. of just tar and nicotine from cigars. The walls were yellow. <laughs> so if you've been in there lately, it's beautiful marble. It's really right. a, a great structure. It is, for sure. And uh, I mean, there's a long list, and I'm going to put all of the list of that I have in front of me in the description so people can go to that and check out the stuff that you guys have done. One of the cool pictures in Oklahoma City, I think one of the coolest pictures you can take while you're here is when you're in the museum taking a picture of that airplane. 
Oklahoma City Museum. Yeah. Over, I mean, you know, you got the Capitol, but you guys have an involvement in that building too, right? We designed that building, developed the concepts. Okay. Um, it was a national design competition. They started with 45 firms, yeah. a lot of local firms, but firms from New York, LA, Chicago, Miami. So we were just lucky that our design was selected. Yeah. And um, kind of the theory behind that, uh, Bob Blackburn, who was the director at the time, uh, his hopes was to get the Winnie Mae, that mm -hmm. airplane that's hanging there, that Wiley Post, and Will Rogers yeah. died in. And uh, he wanted us to design a prominent location for that. And at the time, the, the, the dome was not built on top of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So we went to the side, kind of did a side analysis and looked and thought, you know, if the dome could get built someday, what a backdrop. Right. So we kind of used that as and pulled that, th the Capitol and dome into our design mm -hmm. by that large glass panel gotcha. system, which is over 100 foot tall. Yeah. So we just kind of hung the plane in here and they kind of designed that as a permanent exhibit. Mm -hmm. And so we wrapped the entire um, museum complex around that right. concept. And then if you look at it in plan, we also just wrapped around the uh, cloverleaf okay. piece, you know, the you know as you exit off the, the drive. Yeah, yeah. The other design solutions by the other um, architectural firms that were shortlisted and submitted mm -hmm. design were all rectilinear solutions facing south um, toward the governor's mansion. But we wanted to orient it toward the capital and toward downtown mm -hmm. and just thought that was, yeah. you know. Well, people get thing. married at that location now, right? People yep. have wedding ceremonies like in front of that, you know, yep. in front of the plane and under the plane in front yeah. of the building. It's, it's a cool spot. When I walked into that building, it's just like, Whoa, like you don't yeah. expect it if you've never been there before, yeah. which is, uh, it's a cool spot. And then the building that's not too far away from that, which is the Department of Wildlife, that's a mad building, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you talk about wildlife and like the waterfall and everything that's in there. I walked yeah. in there, I'm like, this is, this is nuts. Well, that, that building originally was, mm -hmm. the, the first phase was designed by Bill Howard, who was a Frank Lloyd Wright student. And so, when we renovated the building and added on, we tried yeah. to keep with that same character. So our addition to the north and on the backside to the west is very writing and to stay mm -hmm. with that character. And you know, we met some of the greatest people in these projects, like Bob Blackburn, Neil Horton, but on the wildlife building, got to meet uh, John Grondike out of yeah. Eden, Oklahoma. And he'd been the wildlife commission, the head of the commission for like 44 years. And now the building's named after him, mm -hmm. which is a very appropriate. But they challenged us to um, design a building that would that would really um, oh, establish the character mm -hmm. of all the different parts of Oklahoma and the wildlife. It also was a design competition. In right. the interview process, we had to bring a design concept, and we did. We did a study model. And pretty much the design that we brought to the competition is what got built. Mm -hmm. But um, Paula Beck in our firm did a lot of the interiors with others. But it's one of the really neat features in there is where you go to get your um, hunting license. Yeah. Paula designed that like a duck blind. So yeah. it's got you know all the camo and everything on there. So um, it's, it really does, um, I think, express Oklahoma, Definitely. different species. and. Really another great project to work on. And it's amazing that all these different people have trusted us to design these buildings. I mean, we 
architects were good at spending other people's money. <laughs> yeah. And like the History Center was some over 50 million, right. 53 million. The National Weather Center was 60, 70 million. And mm-hmm. it's kind of shocking that people will really trust you right. to spend that much money on their buildings. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and you, you guys have the involvement <clears throat> in the Marriott Gardens too, right? We did a, years ago, we did master plan for Marriott Gardens. IMP was the original master yeah. plan. And mm-hmm. then we did an update. And then we renovated. There was a section, a uh, south section below the Crystal Bridge mm-hmm. that had never been occupied because day one it leaked. Ah, uh, okay. And so working with Jim Talbert and his group, they said, well, you know, what can we do with this? It's leaked from day one. And they've had several companies try to stop it. So I said, well, Jim, just let's just let it leak. Yeah. And he said, well, I've never heard an architect that say, well, let's let the building leak. And it was leaking through the walls because it was below grade. So we just came out with a new wall, about three feet, yeah. waterproofed it, let it leak so it's like an internal gutter, and we run it down and pump it out. And so, right. you know, we got this wet wall. And so they were able to occupy that. And so our will yeah. was developing this educational space below grade that mm-hmm. opened out into the crystal yeah. bridge in the water. So another awesome. really lot of fun to work on that project. Yeah, no doubt. And it's uh, like... You know, when, when you go to the website and you see the things that you're involved with, and, and it's not just here, right? You know, you got you guys have an office in Tulsa and New York City as well. So is that just general expansion that's happened over the years? It is. And all the great projects I've got to work on, you know, a lot of times I get to credit for it. But we have such a strong staff, and there's mm-hmm. no way these projects could have been accomplished by any one individual, yeah. and not certainly by myself. I mean, it's thrilling to be part of the design team, but... You know, there's a host of engineers, mm-hmm. acousticians, theater consultants, CAD people, interior people. So it takes a really strong, right. powerful, really creative team to make all this stuff yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess getting to this point, then, you know, with obviously 40 years, what I mean, what's next? Where's it going? We, we, you know, you don't you don't strike me as the person who's slowing down anytime soon. Well. The way I look at it, the fr- I was 27 when the firm started, so mm-hmm. I've had a lot of great opportunities. You know, I've been up to the plate many times and really lucky, really blessed. And we have so much more talent in the firm. The people in the firm now are much more talented than I've ever been. Yeah. So it's time to kind of just step back, and I want to see what all these young creative people, what they're going to do over the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's, the, the firm has great potential. We have a great backlog. We have some amazing projects on the boards mm-hmm. that we're working on. Um, and the strongest talent that we've ever had in 40 years is now at the firm. Yeah. It's a good place to, uh, I mean, you probably feel pretty, I mean, so, some some people I've interviewed in the past, they kind of like, they, they don't want to let the reins go because they, they're worried that no one can do it as, as good as them. But it's, it's good to hear you say that, right, that you have confidence in the people coming behind yeah. you that you know that, hey, I mean, even if I was to just kind of stop and not, not be around as much, like this place is still going to be running and they're still going to do great things. Hey, there's someone always better than you. I mean, yeah. our key and what we always try to do is make sure the best work that we produce is the best that we're capable of. Yeah. But there's always someone out there who's better. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for that better person. Right. So, I mean, I, I, we have done a lot of great work, but I really kind of call it good work because yeah. the best work, um, our best projects, our best project's going to be the next one. No doubt. Each one gets better than one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, you learn and learn and then you, yep. yeah. Yep. So it takes yeah. a, lot of, a lot of practice. Um, well, you know, you asked about 
some of the creativity, but yeah. I think a lot of it I got from my dad. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anything he couldn't do, and um, he worked for a large construction company, and they would have unique challenges in building mm-hmm. a structure, and they'd always come to him, and he'd figure it out. Right. But he was always making things um, out of steel and welding, but he was always doing some kind of an art project. Yeah. So um, I kind of learned a lot from him that, you know, if you worked hard enough, there was always a solution. You, know, you mm-hmm. hear a lot of people say, well, think outside the box. Kind of what I learned from him is think inside the box because if you work hard enough, the solution's in it's the right problem. in front of you, yeah. If you just look deep enough, it's there. Yeah. So I learned that from him and probably the same kind of a Winston Churchill thing to never, ever give up. Yeah. And so I think that's probably the most important thing. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you solve problems every day, right? You know, with, with whatever it is, design stuff that's going on. And, and I mean, you talk about load bearings and all the rest of it. Like, it's not just, here's a plan, let's put it in, like, you've got to build it and design as you, you know, and design and, and solve problems yeah. as it's going up, too, which, like I said, every day is different, but it makes it interesting. Yeah. Tell me about everything that, like, regardless, I mean, we, obviously we've talked about architecture now for, for a while. Tell me about hobbies and stuff outside of architecture. Well, um, we kind of talked earlier a little bit about doing some car collecting. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife, Paula, she loves cars as much as I do. That's very, very lucky of you because yes. my wife does not like cars. And <laughs> just put it to sleep by me talking about anything related with four yeah. wheels. Well, we were at a car show with some mm-hmm. close friends of ours out of Pebble Beach and um, I was with one of my friends and we we're looking at cars and Paula walked up and said you know we you know our friend of ours and we, we they saw this green convertible way yeah. on the other side of the room or on the field and I said well I'll go look at it I said so if you could have any car here what would it be and she said well that green one yeah. so I went over and looked at it it was this XK Jaguar this 150 and I had no clue that she liked those cars so we ended up buying that car and yeah. It's kind of become a really good hobby for me. Mm-hmm. And we've gone all over the country. We've been to Georgia, Detroit, um, California yeah. with it. Um, awesome. All over. And, you know, it's won a national championship in its class. Yeah. Paula, my wife, uh, has a design uh, studio. She designs, in, in addition to a lot of interiors, mm-hmm. she does a lot of jewelry. So sometimes I've made... Um, silver pieces with her it's kind of a hobby okay so but anyway we like to travel there's so much to see in the US um, definitely and hope you know now with COVID it's kind of hard to get out and travel but yeah that's well what people don't realize and don't know is that like the car is kind of like the ticket to getting into some of these events too right like if you just called up and you didn't have a car and you're like hey I'd like to come to this event they're like well what are you bringing and then you tell them and they're like oh yeah you can come in like we'd like to have that especially now if it's one event one you know it it has a reputation and awards that come with it which is awesome it is nice we've been invited we get calls we've been invited to take it to Hilton Head and up Mm -hmm. to Detroit um, different places so yeah yeah, it's kind of fun opens up doors you meet a lot of great people definitely and there's so many wonderful people across the country. I mean, in the news, you only hear about all these negative mm-hmm. things, but there's a lot more good people than bad people out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, I mean, sounds like, well, you just said it's a showpiece. So I assume you don't drive it too much. What do you what do you drive then? You must have something else. Well, you used to drive some newer Jaguars, but now with that car, we've mm-hmm. got a trailer, so I've got a pickup. First okay. time in my life I ever owned a pickup, and I. Yeah. So I guess maybe I'm becoming a, a full-blown uh, Oklahoma guy because I'm driving <laughs> a pickup now. Yeah, it's taken long enough, right? Yeah. yeah it took. Yeah, I've been here since 1976. 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, when the time is right, I'm sure, you know, it all happens. It happens yeah. to all of us. I don't have one yet. Um, well, you I've get very popular when you get one. People need to move things, refrigerators, dishwashers. That's exactly why I no. don't want one. <laughs> it's like I don't want to be that guy in the family who has a yeah. truck. Um, my brother-in-law has one at the moment. He's that guy. And he's we all guy. appreciate him for yeah. sure. And I don't want to don't want to take any more work from him. He uh, He's good at what he does. Uh, well, I mean. 40 years, like, again, that's, that's, that's huge. And I know you guys have a huge party coming up soon uh, towards the end of the year. Um, but it's not, you know, just to recognize, oh, you've been here for 40 years and, and celebrate. But you mentioned it earlier. It's the people, right? Like, all the things that, that you look back on and, and, you know, you get your problem solving from, from dad and, and just, you know, your, your counselor telling you you're never going to be good at anything. You should be digging ditches. And, and, you know, you look back at your story, right, and you get to where we are today. And it's really awesome to look back. And, and I'm glad you shared some stuff because, you know, if you never meet that guy in the bar, you never would have come to Oklahoma. It's exactly right. Right? Yep. Um, the last thing, then, for people listening, um, when people come to you that, that are in high school, that are younger, you know, that may be in college and don't know what they want to do and, and they might not want to be architects, but they want to go do something. What do you say to people for advice like when they're that kind of 16, 20 year old time of life? I push them, encourage them to try to go after anything they're after, their dream, but also to try things that they're not interested in. Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, everything in moderation. And the more things you try, the more experiences you have to draw on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I tell them, you know, some people ask, ask me, if you do something over, what would you do different? I'd, I'd do twice as much, twice as hard, and twice as fast. Yeah. And, you know, you just need to be going Mach 3 as a hair and fire. There's so much to do. You can't do it all. Right. Yeah, no so doubt. We're always trying to encourage younger people don't get locked down on anything and don't be afraid to try something new just get out there and do it all right well don thanks so much for coming down again congrats on 40 years and and i'm looking forward to seeing more impact in oklahoma city and 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 you guys getting more awards i mean you have over a over 100 design awards which i can't name all of them uh, but i will link all of them below so you guys can check that out um thanks for coming down i really appreciate it uh look forward to uh, seeing that car one day okay let's see it um we'll we'll bring it over thanks for having me and i expect to see you at the 40th party it's going to be at the history center that we designed i will be there for sure okay I'll, uh, i'll try and convince my wife to get out of the house and off the couch on the weekends because that's what she <laughs> likes to do like most most women who, who i'm gonna say most women my wife loves to come home after a week of work and sit on the couch and cuddle with my dogs uh well, her dogs but she doesn't listen to the podcast so i, I can say that <laughs> uh but again thanks for coming down i really appreciate it um for everyone listening i'll post a link to the website and social media channels for beck design you can check that out and we will catch you next episode cheers thank you the home market is booming and rcb bank is here for you If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today, RCB Bank. That's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.